We are representing a second whistleblower from the FBI, Marcus Allen. Due to whistleblower retaliation by the FBI, I've been suspended without pay for over a year. Because of you, ACLJ donors, you get the best attorneys in the world. Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Over the weekend, of all things, I uh, log on to what used to be Twitter, and I see that there's conversation going back and forth about John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, right? which was written in the 17th century. This is certainly not something that is in a reprint. It's actually never been out of print since it was printed. How about that? Wow. But here it is in the news cycle. But here it's in the news cycle. What? I thought, what? I, what? So it took a while to kind of dig back through the posts and see actually what people were arguing about. Um, but let's talk about the book itself first. We're happy to have Jeff Stuyvesant back on the program. Jeff is professor of New Testament studies at Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary right here in Pittsburgh. Jeff, glad you're here. Good to be here. Thanks very much for having me. So does it surprise you that when I say that this was a topic of conversation throughout the Twitterverse over the weekend? Not really. I mean, this is a very popular book. Christians love it. And uh, not not surprising, it peaks its head up every now and then in social media. Excellent. So, Jeff, give us the, the, the viewpoint of The Pilgrim's Progress. I mean, as Cass said, it's been several hundred years since its publication. Uh, obviously, you love it. What's your connection? Yeah, I do love it. And I think it's one of those books that everybody loves because, I mean, we're prone to love stories. And this is the narrative of the Christian life. Um, has wonderful teaching moments in it. You know, there are, there are things in here that children can understand. You can explain characters like viable and obstinate, and you can tie that right to the Bible and, and talk to them about how bad company corrupts good character, those kinds of things. So it's just really... Um, it's an accessible book. I mean, lots of people think because it's old, it's been in print for, you know, 345 years or maybe a little more than that, um, that it's archaic and, and tough to understand. It's really not. And you have to be patient with it, but it's patient with you. So what kind of, how would you classify it? Would you say this is a young adult book, a kid's book, a book for adults. Um, and think about, you know, how people read today. Uh, what age group could, could get into the, the story? Yeah, you know, again, I think that anyone could get into the story. I, 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 there's a book called Dangerous Journey. It's published by the Banner of Truth, and it's it, it has pictures in it and little snippets of the dialogue from the story, and it's not modified in any way. And my kids have loved that book. Other kids I know have loved that book. So it's one of those things where they just get pulled in by the story. Some of the, some of the obviously, some of the pictures pull them in. But then there are, then there are books that have made it accessible. Crossway has an edition of Pilgrim's Progress that updates the language for kids. But I'll tell you what, I think, I think a, a teenager, a young teenager, if again, if they're patient and, and uh, we're just willing to think about some of the imagery could read this book with a lot of profit. Yeah. So can you give us a general synopsis of the story? Yeah, it's, a, it's about um, Christian who um, is called out of the city of destruction, and he ends up crossing the, the river, um, which is death, and entering into the celestial city. And in between, he has all of these adventures, which, which are just, 
part of the Christian life. He has different characters that he meets up with and walks with along the journey. And, uh, and you know, he finds bad characters and bad places to be. And, and he journeys off the path a couple of times and has to learn some hard lessons. But, um, but it's just about, it, it really is about the Christian life. In fact, um, uh, one theologian, uh, famous theologian, Sinclair Ferguson, once said that if more Christian people would read the Pilgrim's Progress, they would probably need less personal counseling. Not that personal counseling is bad, certainly not, but um, the Pilgrim's Progress is just that kind of book that teaches people how to walk the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I think uh, I think it teaches that there are a lot of obstacles in the Christian walk and that it's a long walk. Um, you know, as Peterson said, in this, you know, a long walk and a long obedience in the same direction. Um, so a book of wisdom. Yeah, it's a book of wisdom. And I think it's also a book that none of us who live now, it's one of those things, you know, when you go to a website to look at all of the phrases we know uh, that Shakespeare originated and you think, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was from Shakespeare. I think a lot of things mm-hmm. we talk about in the Christian life we, oh, don't, really? re- we don't realize came from John Bunyan. Do you agree? Oh, I agree. And and I, I love what you said about that there's a relevance to the book that even though it's old, there's relevance. Can I, can I give an example? Yeah, sure. sure. So one of my favorite stories is about Faithful. And I love Faithful because he's, he struggles with sin, but he's, he's, not, he's not described by the sin. He's described as Faithful. That's his name. Attention, your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Attention, your withdrawal has been denied by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. And um, what's the sin that he struggles with or, or had struggles with? It's, it's sexual temptation. For instance, um, he meets up with Adam, and Adam wants to marry off his three daughters, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, pride of life to him. Um, He gets mixed up with a woman called Wanton. Obviously, the name says it all. And he even says, he says, I don't know if I wholly escaped her. And and, uh, so 
clearly Bunyan is painting for us a picture of a man who has struggled with sexual temptation. Um, Moses catches up to him along the path after he leaves Adam and just really beats him with the law because the law can't save. It can only drive you into shame and embarrassment and, and so on. But then he spies Christ and, and sees Christ and comes to saving faith in Christ. Now, that sets us up for this really great part. There's, there are two valleys that every pilgrim must go through, the valley of humiliation, and right after that is the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of shadow of death has a narrow path, and on one side there's a ditch, and on the other side there's mire. And what is that mire? The mire is the moral mire into which David fell at Bathsheba. Now, if you go through these valleys and it's dark, like Christian did, it's a miserable time. But the interesting thing is when Christian asks faithful, how, how were the valleys for you? This is what he said. Now, catch this. He said, this is what faithful said. I had sunshine all the rest of the way through that and also through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, what does that mean? It means that when he goes by the, the mire into which David fell, by that time in his life, he had victory over the sexual temptation that he struggled with earlier in the past. So the book is really encouraging. I mean, it not only teaches us that um, there's, there's guilt and embarrassment and shame and all those things, but it also teaches us that grace does a good work in us. Jeff, That's an encouraging story. It sure is. Jeff Stuyvesant's with us from Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in the Point Breeze neighborhood of Pittsburgh. Um, Jeff, I have to tell you, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but not really, because, I mean, people who listen to the show know that I'm not trying to be something I'm not. But I had a hard time getting through the whole book. Um, okay. and that's just how I felt. However, um, when my kids were little, we landed on an abridged edition. One of the ones you were talking about at the early, uh, part of our, um, segment. And it was yeah. the one that we love is retold by Gary Schmidt and it's illustrated by Barry Mosier. And okay. it, I, we have read that so many times. And mm. our kids grew up loving it. And mm. the art is beautiful and it's memorable in how it looks. And um, so I guess I'm bringing that up. So if listeners open Pilgrim's Progress and they think, whoa, like this is not mm. for me, it doesn't mean the story <laughs> isn't for you. Um, and you right. might be like me and feel like the, you know, the original telling of it is just difficult to get through. Um, but this, the, the one, I'm, I'll say it again, this is the one uh, Pilgrim's Progress retold by Gary D. Schmidt. I think it's beautiful, and it gets the points across in a way that's just, I don't know, it was really meaningful uh, to us. Mm. We keep it out in our living room uh, in our house because we've always just really loved it. So um, yeah. give an encouragement to people who aren't used to reading books from that are written in 1678. Um, it's not, I mean, you know in your head that it's not like it's going, it, that it's not worthwhile, or that it's not not worthwhile, but you also yeah. might struggle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, and there are there are helps out there. Um, for instance, I, I just taught a class at uh, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary, um, and it was a weekend class. You know, like um, you know, we got together in the, on Friday evening, and and then on Saturday, and that's available for audit. If it, that that's a, a hopefully a nice help, um, but there are books out there that will that will help you sort of get that leg up. Um, recordings out there that will kind of expose you a little bit to, you know, what's happening. But but then you're right. There are also those books that 
um, you know, they they bring it up into our modern language. They illustrate it for kids. And, and, and the book is so popular that publishers are trying to do that sort of thing with this book because they want they want people to read it. That's Jeff Stuyvesant from Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh. Thanks for being with us, Jeff. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our great pleasure. One last plug for John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. And I'm just looking here online at the pictures, the beautiful uh, artistry from Barry Mosier. Check out that abridged edition by Gary Schmidt. Very nice. John Bunyan. I mean, since the 1600s, how many thousands and thousands of Christians' lives it's changed? Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-53-BIBLE. That's 844-53-BIBLE. 844-53-BIBLE.